Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Humility is the right mindset. Humility should be the mindset of, of all churchgoers, should be the mindset of all Christians, because it was the mindset of Jesus. It was his mindset. And God highly exalted him and bestowed on him a name that is above all names. God elevated him to the place of the highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. Look at where Jesus is now. He's seated, seated at the right hand of the Father. When you think of a king, what comes to mind? What about when you think of a servant? Well, God, creator of the entire universe, sent his son Jesus to live in a broken world as a servant to all. In the message today, Pastor James shares about the humility of Jesus. He'll challenge you to be more like Jesus. In a world where we're pressured to make the best name for ourselves, God has given us Jesus, the perfect example of how to love and to put others before ourselves. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Philippians chapter 2 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. came to set an example. He came to set us free. And he put a mandate on the church saying, hey, if I did it, you do it. If I'm willing to stoop down and wash the feet of people, you better be willing to stoop down and wash the feet of people as well. Because the, the student is never better than the teacher. We are all students. He's the teacher. And if that's the example he set for us, then we ought to model our lives after that. And this is what Paul's saying. He's like, man, look, look how amazing Jesus is. He is absolutely incredible. Who else has done this? Nobody. Do your history. Not a single religious teacher out there has even come close to modeling this or has even offered to model this. It's always about them. It's always about them, what, being magnified, them being worshipped. It's never about them deflecting the worship onto someone greater Jesus says, I came to do the Father's will. Whatever the Father tells me to do, that I do. When he was on this earth, he's like, I'm here to serve. I'm here to bring glory to my Father. That's what my life's about. Incredible. Read the Gospels and you see it so plain and just so amazingly just real and honest. And man, Jesus, he, he didn't just talk the talk, he walked the walk. He, he did it. And he did it all for us. It's awesome, amazing. He laid all that stuff aside. He gave up the benefits. He gave up that. And there was even the one point in time, and you guys know this, when he's on the cross and, and God's wrath that has been stored up in that cup was poured out onto Jesus, causing for the first time ever in, well, he's always existed, but he's always existed as one, caused a separation. Because when Jesus is taking on our sins, darkness falls over. He cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He did all that for us. 
He, he was more than willing to step in on, on, our, on our behalf and do for us what we could have never done for ourselves. That's why Jesus is a hero. That's why he is the ultimate hero. That's what real heroes are like. We live in a day and age right now where we don't know what a real hero is. We think a hero is somebody who takes a knee for something. We think a hero is somebody who takes a stand for something. We think a hero is somebody who walks off a court when a national anthem is played and all that stuff. We don't know what real heroes are like. Jesus is a real hero. Real heroes are ones who are willing to step in and serve other people. Real heroes are ones who are, they can do it without being seen. They don't need the accolades. They don't need the attention. They just show up and they serve people. That's what heroes are. And they're around. You just may never know it. And that's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. Jesus served. He says he took on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Verse 8 says, and being found in human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The New Living Translation says, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. Verse 8 of New Living Translation says, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. An innocent man dying for all of us criminals. He stepped in for us. And he didn't do it begrudgingly, right? That's probably the most mind-boggling thing about this whole thing. Because if it was me, I'd be complaining the whole way. I wouldn't have even done it. Let me be honest with you. I wouldn't have even done it. If it's James, you know, just James Grizzle himself, be like, die for everybody? Why? Lord, have you seen how bad some of these people are? They're not worth dying for. And Jesus steps in and says, you know what? I know how bad you are, and you are worth dying for. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And not even, not only that, not only dying for people that, for like myself, who are not worthy of it, he, light, he laid aside all the divine privileges. Even when he was on this earth, I mean, he never performed a miracle for himself. He never performed a miracle for himself. He never was out to like, oh man, I'm really hungry. I guess I'll turn these stones into bread because that's what Satan was trying to get him to do. He never did that. It was, always, it was always to bring glory to God and it was always for the benefit of other people. First and foremost, to bring glory to God. The benefit happened for the individuals, but it was always to, to glorify God. It was never to get him out of, himself out of a situation or, or anything like that. It's incredible. He could have. He's still 100% God. He could have done anything he wanted to, but he chose not to. This makes him absolutely, completely relatable to you and I. We need to understand this. Um, I'm going to read to you guys a cross-reference here from Hebrews chapter 2, if I can get there without fumbling all around the place here. went too far. 
Hebrews chapter 2. This is just a, a beautiful little reminder of how, how amazing Jesus is and to remind us all the fact that when he says, 2 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, when he says, cast all your cares on me because, cast all your cares on God because he cares about you, he has every right, Peter, through the inspiration, inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to say that and to claim that because Jesus actually does care about you. Uh, Hebrews chapter 2, I'm going to read verses uh, 17 and 18, find my spot here. It says, therefore, it was necessary for him to be made uh, in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. In a sense, what it's saying there is Jesus knows what you're going through. He's been there. He understands. Life's difficult. Jesus is like, I get it. I understand. He was on this earth, and he was willing to subject himself to everything that we go through. And it makes him a high priest who is absolutely relatable to each and every one of us, depending on, regardless of whatever your situation is or your circumstances are. You can go to him and say, you know what, Lord, I'm having a hard time with this. And as your high priest, he would say, you know what, I understand. I understand. Hey, let's talk about it. Come, let us reason together. Let's hang out. Let's talk about this. He was obedient. He was humble to the point of death, even death on the cross, which absolutely and probably still to this day is, is the most horrific way to die. Okay, there, I don't think there has been a, I, maybe there has, and I don't really care to look into it because I don't like suffering and I don't want to be aware of suffering in that sense of or people are devising things like that. The crucifixion was perfected by the Romans. It is absolutely the most horrific uh, execution style that's out there, right? Um, we, we in our country, I mean, you know, ex criminal executions is still a thing for us, but, you know, we, we try to go more of a humane way, you know, lethal injection, used to be an electric chair, used to be all sorts of other methods, right? Now it's like, well, we want to do this in the most humane way as possible. The Romans were like, we want to do this in the most terrible, the, the, what brings the most suffering on these people because it'll teach them, but it'll also teach other people that you don't mess around because we don't mess around. He humbled himself, obedient to death, even death on the cross, which was only reserved for like the worst of all criminals. And there he is, the God-man, dying on the cross for you and I. Verse 9, therefore, therefore, this is one of those key words in Bible study, right? You always pay attention to the therefores. We just went through that whole section, and, and Paul bridges this, this thought into, into this next point. Therefore, God has what? Highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, the way up is down. The way up is always down. The way down is up. Exalt yourself. Magnify yourself. Be ambitious. You can be ambitious in life. Do that. That's fine. 
But if your point is just to climb the ladder and to step over whoever it is that you've got to step over and all that stuff, the way down is to have that mindset. The way up is to be just like Jesus. Just be humble. And in due time, this is what he, uh, 2, Peter, 2 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 talks about this. In due time, God, God opposes the proud. He exalts the humble. And in his time, he will exalt you. What does that mean? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. Well, what does that look like? I don't know. I'm not sure. Try him out, though. You see what that means. You see what it, it doesn't mean that your name will be above every other name because that's nonsense. Your name's not worthy to be above every other name. Only one is, and that name is Jesus. But the Lord knows how to exalt, lift up in due time, in proper time. So maybe you're humbling yourself, you're serving other people, and you know, you, we, any of us know that. You do that for, for any length amount of time. It kind of gets tiresome after a while. It kind of gets old after a while, too, especially if you're never being acknowledged. Welcome to serving in a church, right? You, if you never get acknowledged and all that stuff, but it's not about that because the Lord knows how to come alongside you when you're serving him faithfully and you're putting other people before yourself. The Lord knows how to come alongside you and lift you up. He knows how to do that. Well, I can't serve because my time's too valuable to me. The way, the way down is that mindset. Humility will come to you. That's the thing. That one guy who poured into my life early on, his name is Virgil Hillick. He's, uh, he lives up in Amarillo. He told me, burned it into my, into my heart. This is I, not too long after I got saved. He said, James, he's like, there's two ways you can go about humility. You humble yourself or God will humble you. Your choice. Your choice. Which would you rather have? I, it seems smart to me to just to humble myself. Stay humble. Let the Lord exalt you in due time. Let him come alongside you and lift you up. Whatever that means, whatever that looks like, I don't know because it depends on your circumstances and the scenarios. But he knows how to come alongside his sons and his daughters and say, you know what? Let me encourage you. Even if nobody sees, even if nobody sees or acknowledges your faithfulness, the Lord sees and he knows how to come alongside you, alongside you in the right time and say, hey, good job. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Humility is the right mindset. Humility should be the mindset of, of all churchgoers, should be the mindset of all Christians, because it was the mindset of Jesus. It was his mindset. And God highly exalted him and bestowed on him a name that is above all names, God elevated him to the place of the highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. Look at where Jesus is now. He's seated, seated at the right hand of the Father, okay? Seated at the right hand of the Father. Here's the coolest thing. Verse 10, so that you got the therefore concerning all that we've just went through. Therefore, because of that, because Jesus 
came as a servant because Jesus was super, was the most humble person ever, and he died that perfect sacrifice, and he was obedient, 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 obedient. Let's learn to be obedient. Because of that, therefore, he was exalted, and God bestowed on him the name that is above every, uh, every name. The other part of that, so that... At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. And that's not like, you might read that and you think like, should? Like, they should do this, right? Yes, they should. But the proper way, I believe, to translate that is, as some of your Bibles may say, your ESVs, your New King James, I think even your Old King James, NIV maybe too, will translate it, should bow. And that should be read as, will bow, okay? When you see that, you probably already think that way. But in case there's any confusion, like, should as like, it's like optional? Well, it's optional right now. In the end, it's not optional for nobody, for, for anybody. So that at the, the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven, on earth, under the earth. I don't care if you're an angel, or maybe you've already died and you're in his presence, or you're alive right now, or you died and you're still in the ground, or wherever you may be, humanity will take a knee. Humanity will take a knee. We all will take a knee. But it will be for Jesus. It'll be in respect and reverence for most of us, or some of us. <laughs> For him, knees will be bowed. And I think this will come as a shock for a lot of people today. People can have their protests. People can display feelings towards whatever thing they want to. You want to take a knee for this or that, you have the freedom to do that. That's the country we live in, okay? Whether you like it or not, we have the freedom to do that. So most of us really just kind of need to get over it and move on. Um, if you don't like that with NBA players taking knee, don't watch basketball. Don't watch basketball. I don't agree with it. I really have more respect for individuals who will actually stand, and not so much for a flag, but will stand for like one NBA player. You've probably seen it. His story went viral, where he, his, every, he's surrounded by individuals who are, who are taking a knee. I, I get it, right? I get it. I'm not bashing anybody here, but I admire the man who will stand there in the midst of everybody kneeling for this, that, or another and say, I only take a knee for Jesus. And I say, that's courage. That's impressive. I respect that. I respect that because you can stand for Jesus and we all, we, we're not here yet where this day will happen where every knee will bow. We, we have bowed our knee. I hope that, that you have, in, at some point in time in your life, you have bowed your knee to him. But now's the time to stand for him, church. Now's the time to stand. Every knee will bow. Now's the time to stand. Now's the time to stand. Now's the time to represent him. Now is the time. Because the day will come. And it, just like it says, Every knee will bow at the name of Jesus. And it says, it goes on to say, verse 11, 
every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. All right, so we got an issue. Does that mean that everybody wins in the end? There's participation trophies that abound in the end of it all because they all bow their knee. They all confess that Jesus is Lord, so they're all saved, right? Wrong. Wrong. They will all acknowledge what they rejected while here on earth. And at that point in time, there's no going back. It's too late. It's too late. Well, I don't understand how a God of love could be so mean. You don't understand God. You haven't read his Bible. You don't understand that he is actually a God of love who is wishing that none would perish. None would die apart from him. Remember what we just read. God came to this earth and died a death for everyone who would willingly bow their knee to him on this earth and also for those who would reject him all throughout their lives. He died for everybody. We've been going through Revelation and then we're dealing with judgments and wrath and all that stuff. And it talks about how Jesus was willing to drink from the cup of wrath. He was willing to drink from this cup of wrath so that we wouldn't have to. It's amazing to be so willing to, to, to take for us what, what we could have never done. But for those who don't want what he offers, for those who, who aren't willing to say, you know what, Jesus, I, I know or I've learned or I've heard about you and you're willing to drink from that wrath of the cup or, or whatever, but you know, I'd rather just not. One day that cup has to be drank from. One day it has to be. Now, you can either align yourself with Jesus because he's already drank from that cup. Or if you don't want to, well, you can drink from it yourself. That's the bottom line. And here we, we've just learned from, we just saw this in Philippians. He humbled himself. He was obedient to the point of to death, death on the cross. And because of that, because of what he did for us here on this planet at at the right time, God exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. To the glory of God the Father, the lesson for us is this. Do that this side of heaven. This side of heaven. Everyone will do this, but it doesn't mean that everybody gets to go to heaven. To me, if anything, that just that brings a realization of how awful and terrible hell will be. Because imagine you're there, you take a knee, and you get to spend the rest of eternity apart from him who you just took a knee for and acknowledges the fact that I got it wrong. You are, you are, you are, you are the Messiah. You are the Savior. I got it wrong. So that's our lesson we have heroes. We have heroes, people we look up to, people we want to be like, and all that good stuff. That's fine, but the top of that list has to be Jesus, has to be him. How did he live his life? He was humble, and he was obedient. That's how he lived his life. 
For us as a church, for us as believers, if you call yourself a Christian, there's the standard. It's Jesus. The standard is Jesus. So let's let's just keep let's just get to know him more. Thanks for joining us today on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. Pastor James has been teaching through the book of Philippians, a New Testament letter written by the Apostle Paul. This letter was meant to encourage the church in Philippi. Paul expressed great appreciation for this group of believers, and he made sure to mention that they were very generous in supporting his ministry. This is how we feel here at Bread for the Broken, too. We're so grateful for your listening support, as well as any financial support you feel led to give. We ask that you pray for this ministry and also pray about supporting us in ways that are necessary to keep these teachings airing to people near and far. If you're interested in being a part of this support, go to breadforthebroken.com and click on the About tab. You'll find a link there to donate. Thank you for your prayerful consideration of giving to us here. If you missed any of this teaching or would like to hear more from Pastor James in the book of Philippians, visit our website today at breadforthebroken.com. Look under the Listen tab. We'd also love to meet you too, so if you're in the area, come visit us at Calvary Galveston. We meet each Sunday and Wednesday for worship and Bible study. Find out more at breadforthebroken.com. Thanks for joining us today as a part of our listening audience. Through this ministry, the gospel is going forth and lives are being changed. Tune in next time for more from the Book of Philippians, right here on Bread for the Broken.